Hello and welcome to Cup of Cully. I am your host, the best podcast host in the universe, Steve Cully. And with me, as always, my magnanimous, gregarious, loquacious, attractive. We went too far. The adjectives made sense for a bit, and then you went to attractive, then everyone knows that's not the case. But magnanimous made it. Yeah. Made a repeat performance. And we have our three-fourths of a cup, Seiko. Hello, Seiko. And we are having our first guest on the podcast, Mr. Adam Trigger from Wager Talk. Adam, welcome. How, uh, how how does it feel, you know, being our first guest? I mean, I think that's really special. Oh, I'm honored. I did not. I actually did not know I was the first guest until just now. So I I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're really special, and we honestly don't like a lot of people, so that's why we haven't had any guests. So plus, we do have some people up the runway. We've got Brad Pitt coming on, George Clooney. <laughs> Yeah, um, Ro- Roger Goodell was up at the Owl for a uh, bowl of chowder. May, so. not, may not be true, any of those things, but we are excited to have Adam. That's really cool. And Adam, your Twitter handle is at TopFlightSI, which apparently has a little tie-in to Saratoga. Yeah, so I kept the Twitter handle. Um, it actually... I made it years ago when I started in the whole sports betting pick selling if you would it's really it's really like sports handicapping is what they what it's called at this point um it's popular now but I've been doing it for about 10 years yeah but probably coming up on a decade actually it's been about a, it's been about 10 years this month no um, let me start I think it's let me let me start let me ask you: Was it was it two for the money that movie? Did everyone like just watch that and Matthew McConaughey? And now everyone thinks they can be a sports handicapper. So, I mean that that movie. I have to actually go back and, and um, figure out when that movie came out. That I was two thousand five. Yeah. So. I mean, that really kind of sums up the business, like the, the industry that I'm in um, and that I've been in for the past 10 years. Uh, but that, that, I mean, that movie is essentially what I started doing. Um, but now, like, Wager Talk really kind of transformed that from pick selling to really like sports betting media, where we're still selling the information. That's how we get paid. Right. We sell subscription-based service, uh, you know, for our information, but we accompany it with live shows, podcasts, uh, a lot of content that's free to sort of get away from like the the snake oil salesman um, reputation that that pick sellers from the, the '90s. Actually, you can really go as far back as the '80s. I think that, I think it started in the late '80s. Uh, the '90s, it was very popular to have like a one nine hundred number. You know, the, uh, the kind of old school guys would, would run ads. Josh actually has a one one nine hundred number. I don't know if you were aware. <laughs> that one's a little different, Steve. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in a different podcast. Adam, I got a question for you. My question is, 
your your success, not your personally, Anna, but yours at your plural. So English language is always weird. You can say your meaning just one person or your. So all of the handicappers, is it just your success predicated upon what your record has been, your win and loss, or is it win loss? and being entertaining because i can't imagine i mean we all know that vegas makes a line they're trying to make a line so half the people bet one and half the people bet the other and they just make the vig right i think that's kind of the that's the assumption i i'm i'm under because i've been a fan of sports betting for a long time i just don't have any money to bet so i try to keep it within my means but so i don't are there really different people that prognosticate and really win at a very, very high clip? Is that really a thing? Or is it just have more wins than losses and have some personality and kind of sell it that way? Is that kind of what it is? Or what's your take on that? Yeah, I, well, I would say it's a little bit of both. Uh, first of all, I mean, wager talk is sort of, you know, search far and wide uh, to you know create like a collection of, of you know, experts that have been doing this for a long time that have a track record of winning that are, you know, and you know, entertaining but also get the information across in a, in a manner that the recreational better can understand. Um, but no, we, we, all the records are posted right on the website at Wager Talk and, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, people come to, to buy information that's going to help them profit sure. or, you know, net a profit. Now, I think that's probably big. You probably know. We're not going to mention any names. We're not trying to throw anyone under the bus. But I'm sure there are people that do what you do, and you're kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Mike or Jack or you know Pete. I'm pretty sure they're not 121 and 117 this year. I'm pretty sure they're closer to 500. Maybe they're below 500. Do you ever just kind of go, mm, I don't think that's right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you some. I like numbers to, you know, if you're listening and you see that out there, I mean, for a long period of times, 60% is like the gold standard. If you can get to 60%, and I'm talking, you know, any anyone can have a good month. I mean, you, you really, in theory, could have a nice year, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean, you, you know, you, you're going to sustain that, but if you can, if you can hit, and I'm, I'm saying that's on the high end, right? Like sure. 60%, for a long period of time is outstanding as a sports better. Right. And it's, a, it's, even, it's even more difficult for like the daily handicapper, if you will. Uh, that's what I call, that's what I refer to myself as on Wager Talk. We're, we're daily sports handicappers, meaning we get, we're getting picks out essentially every day. Sure. Um, which is even more difficult to win because of course, you know, there's, it, it, like, if you were super selective, you might play one or two bets a week. Like, you know, you might you might have a better chance of getting to sixty percent based on just selectivity and, and you know waiting for the absolute best spot possible. I love uh, that. I love that. So let me sneak in there for the average yeah. Joe. So if you're hitting at sixty percent, if you're hitting at fifty percent, you're losing because you're getting beaten up by the Vic, right? Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, so you, you it, really need to yeah to play to to win to win against the minus one ten. You basically need 
you basically need to hit like fifty two percent. Sure. Um, it is going to get you know get you out, if you will, at you know against the minus one ten. Sure. It, and that's really what the I always tell like people that are beginning if, if someone asks me a question about sports betting and you know it's like a novice better because that's actually what we're finding in the it, there's a lot of, of novice new betters in the space because it's it's just now becoming widespread legal everywhere sure so there's there's a ton of, of new people that are interested that want to get involved but that that just didn't in the past because you know their 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 option used to be going down the street and finding like you know everyone knows a guy right like yeah. everyone, everyone has a, a guy like I you know but now you don't need that you can go you're in the state of New York there's five six different options for you to you know platforms for you to bet on and whatnot and it's getting a lot of you know new people involved sure the best thing you have as a better so. The house, if you the house, the, the house has the ability to charge you minus one ten on your bet, which means every every the house gets plus one ten against every player essentially, which means the house is at an advantage. Right. I always tell people this: your advantage is the better is that you don't have to bet every game. You right. have to put a line up on every game. You only have to bet the ones. That, that are absolutely like based on your research or your data or your analysis, the absolute best spot. Right. So let me liken that. So I'm going to dumb it down for your listeners are highly intellectual when it comes to handicapping. Uh, ours uh, are. Our listeners ours are. are very medium because we have two types of listeners, Adam. We have guys that are into sports. Then we typically have, I don't mean to pigeonhole here, but we have a lot of females that like to listen to the second half of our podcast where we talk about movies and how we watch The Notebook, Bro, how we watch Notting Hill, and we give them our take on that. So when you're saying 110, so essentially we go old school bookie, okay, Adam? So And we don't bet much. I'm sure you remember from back in the day, I'm just a, just a popper over here. So Seiko and I, because we just bet for, for fun, right? So our big bet is maybe 30 bucks. So if we win from our bookie, we make $30. If we lose, we lose 33 because there's a 10% VIG with our bookie. So that's what you mean by the 110, correct? Okay, very good. So, so we dumped it down for our um, idiot listeners, which is great, and that includes myself. Uh, for Seiko, Seiko pointed at himself. He's just the talent. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to know the numbers. He just wants to know how great of a vacation, Dad, did we get this year from betting the NFL? That's all he wants to know at the end, right? Um, and then what you're talking about, how you guys have to bet almost every game. Like you're betting over unders on the NBA. Like that's pretty brutal. Not only is it brutal because it's hard to pick when you don't know every roster from top to bottom and, you know, injury reports, you got to know all this stuff. You know, quite frankly, an over-under for the NBA, not that interesting, right? If you got to, if you got to cherry pick, like if you sit there and go, oh, you know, well, that that's, one. that's what we do. I oh. mean, that's really what we Yeah. We yeah. are cherry picking as betters, and I think that's, like, super important to understand is that you don't need to bet every game, and none, none of the ways to talk handicappers are out there playing every game. Good. We put stuff out, so we put content brutal. out basically every day. Sure. But we're, you know, I might have, like for example, like on a busy day, I might have five or six plays like today like with all the college basketball, but like there will be days, you know, over the summer when there's baseball, like I have one play and that's it. And, and then, you know, trying to like teach discipline is like, like the hardest part of this, but the disciplined betters are the ones that are, are 
love it. Right, right. And you're also, since you're an upstate New York guy, we wanted to talk a little Syracuse basketball. Segway. That's our word, the segue, and I'm I'm excellent at it. I didn't know if you were aware. Until Josh points it out and literally says the word, then it's not as smooth. No, I no. never claimed smooth, Steve. I, I am smooth, so I'm the smooth one. Syracuse basketball, um, a lot going on there. Did you get a chance to take a look at the game today? We were we were looking at it, and it just uh, a little disappointing, but they did cover, correct? Yeah, well, they battled back for a cover. So if you were a Syracuse backer today, you were certainly like happy at that result. The spread was 11.5, and, and they came back to only lose by 7. Um, I think they were down. So I had that game on as one of a, a couple. Um, you know, it was on next to the NFL game. I didn't watch it. Um, you know, it, I didn't have a bet in that game. So for me, if I don't have a bet in the game, I tend to not watch as closely. You know, if I, if I have games like that I do have action on, I tend to watch those a little bit closer just because, you know, it, it, a lot of these games run side by side, especially on a busy day like today. Um, but... It was it was very similar to the pit game earlier this year. Just of what I saw, they dug, they dug themselves a big hole. Um, it's nice to see them battle back, but the criticism I think, and, and Jim Beheim kind of came out and, and said it a couple weeks ago uh, about this Syracuse team is the, is the effort is not always there. And right. I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that. That that would be how I would uh, sum up this Syracuse team this year. Is that um, it is that they're. They just don't. They, they they can't give that effort for forty straight minutes, and I think it's cost them a couple games so far this year. And Josh, we we had talked Syracuse since the beginning of the season, and you mentioned you know they had a difficult November. Going into December, they got kind of on a on a little bit of a roll there, and you know the the guy that wrote the Barstool article uh, came back to bite them a little bit, and. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, it was it's it was kind of the reverse of Syracuse football. Syracuse football started six and zero, and then the schedule came back, and maybe a little bit of effort wise came came back and bit them. Um, and it's been the opposite for Syracuse basketball. They started very poorly with a couple really bad losses. You know, they were three and four well, in November. Colgate's tough. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to lose to Colgate. You don't want to lose to Bryant. I can tell you you don't want to lose that one. Um, And St. John's isn't particularly strong this year either. Uh, But then 6-1 in December, that's... I mean, if you watched that team play in November and you looked at their results, you wouldn't think in a million years they'd go 6-1 in December. Is that fair? Oh, but now they sit at 10 and 6. Seco, let's get you in here. You probably know more about this than anyone. What do you look at? What's your forecast for Syracuse hoops, you know, kind of going forward in ACC play? I mean, we talked about it a little bit today, but I really would love to hear your take. Yeah, so I've done lots of thinking about Syracuse hoops this season. Um, so the ACC is very down this year. Um, after calculation, I think they'll finish at 10 and 10 in their conference, and 10 and 10 in the ACC is not that great this year. Yeah. I think their overall record will be 10 and 15. I think. The RPI is actually like... 140, isn't it? Yeah. 140 at 10 and 5, right? They have a terrible schedule, so they've ranked them way down in the RPI this year. Yeah. Yeah, and then just, you know, because we did look look at this a little bit. So Syracuse is at 10 and and 6 now, but this morning they were at 10 and 5 and ranked 140 in the RPI. There's another team that's 10 and 5 
in the RPI, but they're still ranked fourth. UNC. Yeah, that's... But right now, Adam, Adam, let me ask you this. You're a hoops guy, you're a sports guy. When is the last time this late in the season you've ever seen an ACC team not ranked in the coaches' top ten or the AP top ten? Do you ever remember that? Uh, I mean, you'd have to probably go back years um, to what... There, you, had, you would have had to go back a long time to... There was a year not too long ago where the ACC was way down. I mean, when I say not too long ago, I mean, it's uh, at some point in the last decade. But but to, you, you make the point. It's So coming into the season, like Seiko said, the ACC is down. I, I agreed with that. Like, I thought that was, was the case. But I thought you were going to have Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, and then a, a big drop-off where a team like Syracuse could play, potentially play their way into fourth. Or also finish 11th. Like all of those teams look similar. Yeah. Um, you're actually, I mean, now you're looking at who, who would have expected North Carolina to be unranked at this point, right? They were the number one team entering play this year. Duke gets throttled by NC State the other night, not even close, barely beat Boston College today. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're staring dropping out of the top 25 in the face today if they, uh, if they don't get by BC. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it hasn't been pretty for the ACC. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is, though, with college basketball, it's still early January. And, and you sure. know, these teams, like, a lot can happen in the next 10 months, uh, which I think is, is a, you know, bodes well for Syracuse because, you know, they, they have two months of, of games with, with spots, you know, with, with a trip to Miami, a home game against North Carolina. Virginia is going to come to the Dome at the end of this month. They have Duke at the Dome in mid February. So, a lot of chance for improvement. But for Cuse, they have to pick up the effort, or uh, I agree with Zico, they will have a very difficult time uh, getting over 500 in league play. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware of this, Adam, but we kind of have a wish list for Syracuse as far as a potential new coach, and you know, I, I think with you, we can probably get a get a little campaign going, and you know, get a little momentum. Maybe even start a GoFundMe. I'm not exactly sure. Um, Josh, you know, you came up with this, and I, I initially thought you were crazy, but I think that anyway. So, Josh? Yeah, I, uh, maybe it's a little bit of a, a man crush, but uh, Steve Nash. Steve would, Nash. Would be my guy. I just, he never really got a chance with the Nets. And I don't want to get too political here. But I think you got a couple of superstars on that team that weren't too pumped that he got a shot as a head coach without really having any experience as a, as a head coach at any level, let alone the NBA, when perhaps there were some other candidates um, that they would have preferred to see. I'm trying to say this in the most PC, PC we're, way. We're not PC, though. Right, but I, 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 I got to do it right. I mean, okay. we're, we're okay. Our podcast, you know, we want to take care of Adam, but I think that those guys weren't ever really going to play for him. And I don't even think they had it, that there was anything against him, but the fact that he was hired in that spot when there perhaps were some other folks that they would have liked to see in that spot. I think that's fair to say. So all I want to say is you have a guy who's been an NBA MVP, um, 
I mean, he's got a lot of great experience as a player, but it's not that just he was a player. He's a point guard. He was a guy that could have scored more. That's a guy that shot career 42.5% from three. Very unselfish. He should have shot more. If you shoot over 40%, you should have shot more. Just do the math on it, right? And I think he, I mean, clearly he would never probably consider that. But, you know, if I, if I had a wish, I would say Steve Nash is point the finger and hang out at the dome for a while. I mean, Adam, any chance in a million years? Like, let's go a little dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. Do you think there's a chance there? Well, I I mean, it's a good... I don't see why there wouldn't be, because the one thing I think... Whatever, whoever follows Bayheim, I think there needs to be an excitement level around that person, just to keep... Right, because you're really, you're following someone that's you've been at like he's an institution essentially. Um, I don't know that I want to see. I don't know that I want to see Syracuse go the route of, of Duke right now, like where you know they, they go with Shire, who is an assistant. So I don't I don't hate the Steve Nash. Uh, you know, but I think that would be exciting. Uh, it would generate a, a buzz around Syracuse basketball. And I'm talking about Central New York. There's always a buzz around Syracuse basketball. Right, like even even when the team isn't good, we we act like they're really good. And that's something I've always noticed about like Syracuse fans. It's just like the delusion that they're they're always like a good team right. when they're they're not. I think that happens in every fan base, but specifically with Syracuse, I've noticed that for a long time. I'll throw it out there. Go, what about, go, uh, go! What about I can't wait to hear it. What about Greg Paulus? Wow. He's in his fourth season at Niagara. Love Niagara. He, but you know, he kind of was thrown into an impossible situation, right? Like he. Well, it is Niagara, so. Well, yeah, he, he was supposed to be Patrick Beeline's assistant, um, and, and Patrick Beeline left the program two weeks before he was supposed to make his head coaching debut. So what, Paulus what's Paulus done at Niagara? What's his record there? Give me a hint. Uh, so that's the thing. I mean, it's not. It's forty-four and fifty-two, right? Like that's not gonna—that's not gonna jump off the page as anything crazy. But he's—he's he's been competitive with nothing. Like the, the, what he inherited there was virtually nothing, and he managed to go nine and eleven, seven and nine, nine and eleven in the back with far, far inferior talent, and he's off to a nine and five start this year. Uh, I actually think the guy actually think he can coach. He played, you know, he played football at Syracuse, right? He was a point guard for Duke, played football at Syracuse for a year. He sure did. Um, he's, he's from the area. So CBA. Where did he, where did he, he, he go to CBA? Syracuse I, or something? I forget what. Oh, what yeah. Yep, yeah, he's, he's a CBA guy. So, I mean, you know, if you can't get Steve Nash, maybe someone like that that's got... Because in, in my opinion, it's a little bit better than just kind of promoting an assistant. I mean, he, he'll at the end of this year, he'll have... Four years of, of Division One head coaching, you know, under his belt. Uh, I'm not saying that Niagara's going to contend in the MAC this year, but they're off to a great start. They beat Fairfield on Friday night to improve to four and one. Um, so who knows? I don't know. I just think that he can clearly coach. He's he's made something out of complete, absolute nothing there. Um, so I, I would I would think he should be at least considered. Um, you know, when the when the time comes. And I do think that they need a new coach desperately. I, I, I think it's you, you're never going to run Bayheim out of town 
for what he's done for the university. But I think it's time. It's felt like time for about five years now, if, if you have my honest opinion there. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, at the, uh, we're at the Thirsty Owl now, and we had a nice dinner, a couple glasses of wine. And, uh, we, you know, week 18 for the NFL just started today. And we were watching a couple of the games and the NFL playoff situation. What do you think about that? How do you think it's going to shake out in the AFC? Well, as we're so as we are speaking, Kansas City has defeated Oakland. Or, uh, sorry, Las Vegas. I haven't done that in a while. That's my first uh, Raiders slip calling them Oakland, and I can't remember how long. But um, so you're going to have the Chiefs as the as the one. It, it looks like um, I guess I'll just go into the game that I, I like the most this weekend uh, that's the New England Patriots plus the points I think that after today it, it makes even more sense to take the 7.5 with the Patriots because this game means I, I, I mean I guess it would mean less down for the Bills there's no chance at them uh, getting the one seed with Kansas City having won today and I think that the, the, the narrative, like, it's it's phenomenal that um, Tar Hamlin's doing as well as he is uh, based on what happened on Monday, um, which is, is great news. But I think the thought process that the, the Bills are just going to go out and, and, you know, put a max effort out there to, to smash a, a team in what is kind of a relatively meaningless, I don't want to call it a meaningless game, but it's certainly... I, I certainly feel like the Bills are prioritizing health more than like running up the score on the Patriots here. Whereas the Patriots are basically playing the playoff game. Because if they lose, they're, they're pretty much done um, with the, the multitude of teams that are 8-8 eight and eight, or could be 8-9. and nine. I don't think they end up on the right side of a tiebreaker with a loss. So, I, I, mean, I, I, I actually like the Patriots quite a bit this weekend. Uh, that's the one game I've got targeted for, for tomorrow. Um, it looked like the Bills were about to get smashed on Monday Night Football by the Bengals. Uh, obviously, the game got called early, but they were moving the ball, no problem. They obviously don't have Hamlin on defense now. Uh, yeah. Don Miller's been out for weeks. Right. The pass rush has, has, hasn't been as good. Uh, Poyer's looked kind of not great since he's returned. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Patriots to hang around tomorrow with a lot on the line. Belichick in a one-off spot. He's a tough guy to bet against. Uh, so that's one way I'm looking on Sunday. Patriots uh, plus seven and a half. And that obviously is going to have implications on the playoffs because if they win, I do believe uh, no one can take that spot from them. So the Patriots would be the final playoff team if, if they win that game tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to sneak in there real quick. Seiko's going to Seiko's gonna have a, a nice explanation on why he likes the exact opposite of that pick. I hear what you're saying there, but I do believe they'll have the same number of losses, the Bills and the Chiefs. Therefore, there will be some sort of a moral claim to a sort of tie for that one seed. Yes. So... Seiko, take it away. I mean, you. I mean, we love Adam. We love his picks, and you know he he could be right. He does it. This is his gig, right? But Seiko, how do you see that? So I I like the Bills at home, and so I think it's just going to be the Demar Hamlin effect. So I think they're going to come out hot and try to get revenge on not the Bengals, but someone. Right. 
So, so you so, you feel like they're gonna they're gonna kind of rally gonna around the situation, yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about sports. That's the cool thing about life. I mean, he, Adam's got a great explanation for why he loves the Pats in that game, and I think there are a lot of people that perhaps might bet with their heart and say. We we're all pro bills all the way here, and but you know the line did start at seven, so it moved up. So I think the majority of humans probably have that Hamlet effect going, where they're rooting for him, they're rooting for the team that he's he's associated with, and they're gonna quote unquote play for Demar, right? Seiko, is that kind of how you yeah, see it? Yeah, and after seeing him face to face via FaceTime for the first time in what four days after suffering cardiac arrest, I think that means a lot. And I don't think they're fighting for the one seed. I think they're fighting for Demar. Yeah, that and they will have some sort of claim. I don't. I don't agree with it. So Adam, I'm right with you on that. I just think it's like you almost count that as a tie. But you are right. Cincinnati started that game looking better than the Bills, right? I completely agree with that. But you can't discredit the Chiefs for for playing all seven. You know, all 17 games. So they're going to be 14 and three, right? And you know, the, the Bills going to be 13-3 and a ghost one as a tie, kind of. So, technically, I agree with that. I think the Chiefs should be the hands-down one seed. But, you know, they have all this kind of weird stuff talking, you know, going on about a neutral site and all that sort of thing. But, all right, so this is great. Our two experts, Adam. Well, this is, this is essentially like, this is sports betting in a nutshell, right? Like, it's basically, I mean, there's so many different ways to, to go to That was on sports radio here um, in the Capital District. Is that someone really thought that well the Bills haven't practiced and you know they're not going to care about that game as much and you so, know and then there's the emotional side of the, being an athlete players, where you're like yeah yeah the, without a doubt like, here's here's the, and I, I guess a, a point I want to make here which which I I'll just finish my you know just to, to support the Patriots again so remember we're playing against the number the only thing that matters here in my opinion. I, I, it's not whether the Bills win or not. It's whether it's the Patriots covering seven and a half, right? Like I yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think the play. I mean, the players, without a doubt. Like if this was Week Ten, I would be. I'd say yeah. There, th- this is a great spot, emotional spot for the Bills. The problem I have with the Bills here is that it's Week Eighteen, yeah, and they are going to have to play a playoff game. And I don't. 
don't know that the co- I don't know that the coaching staff is going to call a game that night that more often than not will have them cover by more than a touchdown. Meaning they're not going like they they're not going to put. I don't think they're going to call any design runs for Josh Allen because you can't like he's you don't want him hurt probably more hits than he than he should. Sure. And, and I really honestly believe now I got burned by this today. Like the Chiefs came out and, and looked very ready to play. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always kind of operated under the, the theory that the the media makes seeding more of a thing than it is. I don't know that the coach, like, I think that players and coaches would, would like to get the highest seed, but I don't know that's always the priority. And I think in recent years, uh, coaches have started prioritizing health over potential seed, meaning they want to make sure they get played with that. They've seen it happen to others, other teams in the past. I think the Ravens come to mind, where they had a pretty bad injury a couple of years ago, um, prior to their playoff game. The point is, a lot of these coaches now they get to you know week seventeen, week eighteen, and it's like, okay, it'd be nice to get this this higher seed, but really the the goal is you know to make sure well, let's get in, get out, and make sure we're in the, the playoffs with our full complement of players. And that's why that's that's really where what kind of puts me on the Patriots is the Bills are they're getting banged up defensively, and I just don't know that they're gonna. I don't know that the coach or, coaches are gonna call a game that's like shoot out, run up the score. I think they're gonna be content, kind of possessing the ball, and, and you know let's not let's just not take anything away from the Patriots who yeah, this is not their best season, but they are playing for a playoff spot. So I, I, I like a good game, but we'll see. That's that's the great part about you know that's why they play the games, right? Yeah, Steve. Quick question: Do you think that the Bills are? This is a kind of an interesting question, and Anna, if you want to jump in too, but we got to get to our Seiko's got an additional pick that he really wants to chat about. But this is for both of you guys, Steve. First, if you could answer this: Do you think that the NFL as an organization has spoken to anyone in the Bills organization and said? Hey, if you guys win on Sunday, you do have a legitimate claim for the one seed. Or do you think they're just saying, hey, you guys, I know we didn't play that game. I'm totally cool with that. Health first, DeMar first. But you guys will have the same number of losses, but you won't have that additional win. So therefore, Kansas City will be the de facto one seed. Do you think they said, hey, guys, just so you know, even if you win that game, you're not going to be the one seed or you're essentially a tie at the one seed. Do you think there's been any conversation about that? And, and it, maybe I missed it. I, I would love to say that I watch SportsCenter 24-7, but I don't. I just watch in the morning when Seiko's getting ready for school. Has there been a conversation that if they were both to win, and I, I, I'm not going to say this is any sort of you know, brilliant take, but I knew Kansas City. I, I really think the Bills will, will at least win outright if they don't cover, and I think Cincinnati will also win. So, if that were to happen, Steve, have you heard anything about that? Like, if the Bills were to win, do they have a claim to the first, to the one seed, or do they not? So, Adam, I, I just want you to know that a few days ago, Josh actually bet me, the Thirsty Owl, that if Buffalo loses this game, I get the Thirsty Owl, so um, yeah, that's true. So I'm going to be owning the Thirsty Owl shortly. Um, yes, it's actually kind of sorted itself out. If Kansas City and Buffalo both win, Kansas City's the number one, Buffalo's the number two. 
Now, if they both, so that was my question to you. If they yeah. both win, you think that Kansas City is just a lock at one end? They, they decided that. Yes. Quick, yes or no? So yes, you, they, hear, you heard that too, Adam? Yeah. That Today, they, they, Kansas City clinched the one seed in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, if they both win. win. But if um, they go to the AFC Championship game, it will now be played at a neutral site. I can't believe that. If Buffalo so is the number two. That's how it works out. Now, the, the crazy situation, Adam... Let me ask you about Cincinnati and Baltimore with the potential of a coin flip for home field oh, advantage. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, that, so, that's kind of wild that it would come <laughs> down to that. But in the, so this is the other thing, like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, and I've, I've always sort of I don't think... I think the players and the coaches care about making the playoffs as opposed to against not making the playoffs. Like, I don't think you're going to see any of these teams put up a huge fight or argument with whatever the NFL decides to do. Now, in a scenario where it decides whether you are playing a home game or a road game, like in the first round, that's a little different. They, you know, Whoever comes up on the wrong end of that is, is probably not going to be very happy. Now, did you did, did you hear Zach Taylor? Because he's normally a mild-mannered coach. He, he doesn't speak out often. And he was pretty heated and upset yesterday when the NFL decided all this. And he said that they needed to stick to the rules. The winning percentage is black and white letter law. And they just decided to make it up as they go. Well, I agree with I agree with him there. I think yeah. I think the winning percentage should should determine it because it, it, you know I thought I thought they sort of put rules in place for this during COVID because like during the during the COVID year there was a real possibility that certain games were not going to get played. Sure. And, and I thought they kind of rewrote the rules, but I guess maybe they they just maybe they were kind of for that year or, or, or it never really came up because somehow they, they, they played all the games they, they ended up postponing them to Tuesday or Wednesday yep. they just kept postponing them yeah so I don't I mean like I said someone no one's gonna not, there's, there's no way to make everyone happy in this scenario but I, I do think I think it's less of a concern like you know for a team like do the Bills, are they going to be like heartbroken if they're not the one as opposed to the two or the three? Probably not because they're going to host a uh, playoff game in the first round. But for a team to get displaced from hosting, hosting a home game, I think I think whoever's on the wrong end of that will absolutely uh, have an issue with it. And there's just no way around it. Right? There's no way around it. Someone's, someone's going to end up not thrilled with the, with the result there. Yeah, and they're going to end up, you know, if the Bills are the one and KC's two and they end up in the AFC Championship, it's almost like a bowl game. But going back to at the neutral site, it's crazy. Like, And the people on the radio yesterday were suggesting that Cleveland should be the neutral site because it shouldn't be played in a warm climate. It should be cold and Indy. Cleveland's kind of sort of in the middle and it's not even close to Kansas City. Indy, Indy is almost smack dab between the two. Yeah. And newsflash, yeah. the Colts are not in the playoffs. Yeah, they're not. They're nowhere near the playoffs. They are not. They're uh, they're regripping their golf clubs for golfing in Florida in the offseason. Seiko, you have another pick. I sure do. I want all apologies to Adam. Why? Because we're betting this one with our... Heart. Sorry about that. 
Um, that's we apologize, like, Adam. I know that's not how you bet. That's like you bet un- with your brain. It's like an unwritten rule of betting. It really is. You're exactly right. I think Adam would agree with that. So, I like the Lions getting five at Green Bay. Um, so, watching the Lions move a lot at the Seahawks handle the Rams. The, li- the Lions going to move a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Okay. Yep. If Seattle Which, wins, right? If Seattle wins, yep. The Lions will move to like seven or eight and then really grab the Lions. So the Packers are a divisional opponent that has slapped the Lions, Lions around for years. Right. The Lions, no one remember this, and the Lions are a group that has a lot of pride. Wait. Uh, get it? Did you say the Lions have a lot of pride? Do is that it? a... I see what you did there, because a group of Lions is a called, pride yeah. of Lions, right? It's not a pack? No. No. That's no. a wolf. That's no. a wolf. Pack of wolves. Yeah. Seiko. I'm not very smart. zoologist here, Seiko? on point, yeah. All right, so, so you, you like the Lions, even if Seattle wins and renders them a lame duck, mm-hmm. because you're suggesting that the Lions have gotten their tails kicked by the pack Forever, yeah, especially mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, who yep. we're in this I'm, podcast, I'm of, we're a little Rogers. sick of Aaron Rodgers. All the Aaron Rodgers talk on, um, you know, get up and I feel like Stephen A. And, when he does something wrong, he just blames it on other people. Yeah, he seems a little. I do that all the time. I do that every day. Well, I blame other people. It's, it's never smart. my fault. It never your fault. <laughs> never my fault, Adam. Just so you know, it's Kelly's fault. It's parents Josh's fault. No, it's my mother. Seiko's fault. It's always my mother's fault. But mostly, mostly Kelly. Um, yeah, and also the Lions want to finish the season with a winning record of nine and eight. And their coach, what's uh, the coach over there? Dan Dan Campbell. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. How do you know this stuff? All right, so he has them playing a very prideful brand of football. We're mm-hmm. not. Oh, sorry about the puns, everyone. Pun with the zoologist, yeah. right? <laughs> but do you think, Adam, if Seattle wins that game, if they take care of business against the Rams, do you think that line goes from five to seven or eight? What do you see happening with that line, specifically that question? So I'll answer that question first. I think if the Seahawks win, I think you're looking at uh, probably six. Okay, so you think uh, it was a good bump to point? I think you're going to see... Yeah, and here's why. I don't. I don't think you're going to see sevens because every. I think every sharp better on the planet would slam the Lions if they were if they were at plus seven there. Because I think the. I think that's actually a good. So I totally agree with Seiko here in that view that the the Lions are going to come to play in this game regardless. I totally agree with that. I don't think there's going to be any. Um, I, 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 you know, it, there might be obviously there's going to be like disappointment if the Seahawks win maybe for a minute, but I still think the Lions are going to show up for this game, and I think that would be the thought of um, the the sharp better in that scenario. So the books are not. I don't. Th- I don't think the books are going to give anyone the chance to like slam them at seven. Yeah. So I think you're probably looking at six, six and a half. I'll, yeah. I'll say six is what I think if, if the Seahawks were to win that game. Um, I like the Lions plus the points here, too. And, and, and I don't need to rehash it because Seahawks pretty much broke it down exactly as I would look at it. Like, if Dan Campbell's going to have – he's going to have his team ready to play. They – I mean, get really for the Lions this year, I think getting to the playoffs would be a bonus. Um, I, don't, I don't think that defined – like, this isn't, this isn't a team where I think their season – is going to be defined as like a poor season if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, if you remember, not too long. I mean, they were they were one and six, right? They yeah. were one and six at one point. So, 
to even be in this position is is I think a win for them. And it's at Lambeau. Right. I mean, it's a division rival, so I, I agree with them. I, I like the Lions either way. I would take the points of the Lions, and if you're going to bet this game, you should obviously wait and, and figure out what the result is uh, in the Seattle big game because you know you're gonna you're gonna get a better number. So yeah. if Seattle looks like they're going to win, wait and try to bet it at its peak. Or if it looks like the Rams um, might somehow pull that off. Then maybe you put your bet in before the game is over and try because you know it could have the adverse effect where it moves. But I actually don't think I don't think it's going to move very far in the other way. So you're probably if you if you want to bet the Lions here, I think you just wait until that until that Seahawks um, result is in because obviously that's that's also the name of the game in sports betting is uh, yeah you want to get the best of the number. Sure. It doesn't always it doesn't always work out in your favor, but. The, the more if you can if you're consistently on the right side of the of the you know taking you know good numbers that's like the step one in, in winning long term right there so yeah I, I'll, I'll be rooting for you in that one Zico I, I like the lines as well nice how about this question a real thinking man's question I'm sorry uh, gender neutral a thinking person's question for someone who well I'm non-binary so okay very good count. so we've included you Steve very okay. nice all right um, yep. if if the Rams were somehow able to find a way to beat Seattle what is your expert predi- prediction the line is at five I believe is that right real quick yep would that, would that do you think that line even comes down a half a point like four and a half or do you think it would just stay put at five Adam the question's for you so, I'm just going to, I just want to take a quick look at the odd screen okay. um, to see where, I just want to see what it, up, and this is like, it, this doesn't tell the whole picture because the, the, the betting public's not fully involved on Saturday, right? Like the, the, the betting public, when you're talking about like just the average, the average better bets on game day. So, it, it's tough to... It's tough to tell, but I do think that this would probably. So it looks like this opened. DraftKings opened it at three and a half. BetOnline opened it at three and a half. Um, Circa opened it at three. I I just want to make sure I read. Oh, scratch that one. Sorry, I went I went down one column. I was right about. Okay, let me let me. I'm trying to do this. Adam, if you come on our podcast, Adam, you got to have your facts straight. We are always right on here. Just right, yeah, no, we're right at least twelve percent of the time. So, yeah, so let me just know that was that was correct. It was uh, DraftKings opened at three and a half. Bet online opened at three and a half. Circa opened at four. That's where I, I went to the wrong column. Um, I would say that that would that's going to trend back to where they opened it, in my opinion, because I think it got bet. It's it's gotten bet up by the fact that the, 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 the people that bet the Packers at four, probably sharper betters based on how the, how the um, market's playing out right now. And that moved up to where it is based on the fact that there's, they're anticipating a Seahawks win. So if that does not happen and the Rams are to win, I, I, I can't see it getting worse than, uh, it won't get worse than three and a half. I think that'd be the absolute low point because if they went to three, I think they'd get slammed on the Packers at three. So I would say, you know, I would say maybe three and a half or four is where that ends up if the uh, if, if the Rams end up beating the Seahawks. So Which just, I do think it's a possibility. I do think it's a possibility. I would not. I would not just count the Rams out 
yeah. in that game. Yeah. Um, you look at what they've done the last month. They didn't look great last week against the Chargers, but blew out the blew out the Broncos. Played hard against the Packers. Beat the Raiders. Played hard against the Seahawks the, the week before. I, I would not count the Rams out of that game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair now, let me let me ask you this because I don't know if you're familiar, but we are a very pro uh, Geno Smith on this podcast and Lamar Jackson, two free agent quarterbacks coming up. What do you think as far as how how is it going to shake out? Do you think that possibly Baltimore um, will resign Lamar Jackson? Do you see them passing on Lamar Jackson? And where are you seeing Geno Smith? Change the system. Yeah. Threw their playbook in the garbage and, and created an offense that was was essentially created to you know to, to, to highlight his skills and, and maybe maybe um, hide his, his what he lacked as a passer. I just don't see how he. I don't I don't know that he thrives in in another system right. unless. He ends up somewhere that has an elite coaching staff that, that can do the same thing. So right. if I'm Lamar, I, I should be trying to stay in Baltimore. And I think it makes I don't I don't know that the Ravens I mean the fan base loves him. I don't know that they would want to really move on from him. So I, I think it makes sense for both parties to try to try to find a way to keep him around. To stay put. So advocating that Geno stays in Seattle? And that you think Lamar is going to stay in Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, I I think Baltimore will will try to find a way to keep Lamar. And again, like this is this the kind of stuff that like I'm just a fan speculating right now. I mean, I really don't as a, as a sports better. I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't really. No, you know, like, no, I don't it, care every day. It's, I get you. It, it's just like not something I really concern myself with. Um, uh, I, you know. Just, just because like that, that type of stuff doesn't help me beat the betting market. So I'm really just speculating as a fan on, on those two things. But that, that's just I, I had a take on Lamar. Gino, like I said, I wasn't even convinced that he was a, a, a starting caliber quarterback heading into this season, and he kind of fizzled out down the stretch. So it's uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Great, great. We have our our final our final segue. Our final segue to the national championship game. Segway. There you go. Brought to you by 
We don't have any Segway so. scooters. Okay. <laughs> Aren't those scooters called Segways, right? Uh. We got to get them to sponsor the program. So every time we segue into a different bed or a different topic or a different segway. movie to review, I just go, Segway. Adam, Brought to you is, by yeah, Segway scooters. Is Wager Talk looking for any sponsors, Adam? We're available. Or a so professional you know. voiceover. Segway. Seiko, say it. Segway. You crushed it. I did. All right, segueing into the national championship. TCU Georgia, TCU Georgia, and Seiko. I know you, you, you correctly picked this. You picked both games, and your father and I did not believe uh, TCU had a chance. Yeah, Seiko slapped around on both the uh, semifinal games, which is he's hot. He's a little hot right now. Yep, yep. And Georgia coming back over Ohio State. Seiko, what do you got for us? Yeah, take your time with this one, Seiko. We'll get Adams take, and then. Uh, Gotta have something fun to talk about at the end of, to finish it up. What we have to do, I want because Adam is so good. I want his favorite cereals. And yeah, and he's and he's so professional. He talks like obviously he has a lot of practice, right? He, this is his game, this is his thing, right? But I like the way he thinks. He speaks very eloquently. I'm getting jealous. I'm very jealous as well. But we gotta ask him a classic cup of coffee question, which has nothing to do with sports. Steve, I want you thinking about that right now. Well, I talk and Seiko. <laughs> Talk to us about the national championship game. Go. All right, so they're playing SoFi Stadium in LA. Um, I love TCU in this game. So the running game is strong, and Georgia was meant to have this highly lauded defense, but Ohio State dropped 41 right in their face. So Michigan was weak against the run all year, and TCU exploited that and ran all over them. Georgia's much, much better against the run, but I think they'll break down in the second half. TCU might not win, but I truly think they have a reasonable, reasonable chance. By keeping it on the ground, they won't turn it over and they'll possess the ball. Both key ingredients to keep to easily keeping it within 12 and a hook. And what do you got for us there? So uh, I'll give you my kind of take on the game. I haven't bet this yet. I don't know if I will. I think oh, the numbers wow. about. I think the numbers. And yeah, I mean, listen, I like. It's just another game for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's, I, I did a spot on Wager Talk where I broke this game down, and, and I really just more or less tried to, you know, illustrate what was happening in the, in the betting market. Now, I think the number is correct. Like, 12, 13 is, is right around the area that I would have made it. Um, I understand why people would think that that's too many points but it's it's not based on the power ratings in my opinion um i thought it was a little high at 13 and a half now i think it's down to where it should be around 12 11 and a half 12 i think that's i think the number's right that's that's really neither here nor there that's just me saying okay you know i think the number's pretty odd so uh, do i want to flip a coin here and try to end up on one side or the other um Chico made great points about TCU. A lot of people weren't giving them a chance, you know, uh, against, you know, they've been a, they've been a publicly backed side, I, I would say. Um, but still, I, I like them against Michigan. They got there. Um, I like Ohio State against Georgia. That got there against the number. I think, though, the way in which Georgia sort of came back and then survived in that game um, might you know, we, we might get a better defensive effort out of Georgia here, but at the same time, their last two games have certainly have been concerning. So 
in the end, do I wanna do I wanna be stuck laying close to two touchdowns in this game? I don't know. Do I wanna bet against Georgia? Not really. So it's like you know what I mean? Like this is just I'm just kind of hashing out the, the thought process and, and again, I have a better I'll end with this. The tickets and money is very lopsided right now. It is heavy DC. So is it? Is it? See, I, I don't know that. I never look at that stuff. Is, I never go to the sites and heavy, say, is it like 64%? What is it's it? Like 90, no, it's like 90. What? It's like 90-10 right now. So the books, without a doubt, they are taking a position. By, by putting the number where they did, they are taking up. The books are going to need Georgia pretty big. They're taking a position on Georgia. Now, that doesn't mean that he's used the wrong side. It just means... That, it's, that they've set up a, a pros versus Joes here, if you will. The the the, the recreational better is going to come and take the points with TC, without a doubt. Um, what I do think might happen is the the sharper betters are going to see how far this price gets driven down, and, and you may see some sharper betters jump in on Georgia when it gets a little closer to kickoff, depending on if it gets down to let's say. 11, 10 and a half, like they, they might, you know, I don't know if it'll go that low. I saw, I did see 11, uh, or I'm sorry, 11 and a half the other day. I haven't checked it in a minute. Um, so I, I just think that that's how the, the betting landscape is going to look there. Again, I don't know if I really want to be laying double digits in this game. I love the heart that TCU's played with. So do I want to bet against it? Not really. But at the same time, I do think if, if that comes down another point, point and a half, that the right play would be Georgia. And there's without a doubt, the I've talked to a couple of odds makers that are very respected, and they've basically confirmed that TCU will be a, a very square dog and that the, the books will badly need Georgia in that game. So my question is this. I was always operating under the assumption that if someone bet one team, let's, let's take TCU and Georgia out of it, but this is the example that, that I'm getting here. If someone is betting at that clip 90-10, we don't have to go that high, 75-25 or 70-30, why don't they just pile points back in the other direction? Why isn't this line nine right now? Why Don't they try to get it back to 50-50 or just sometimes Vegas just want to let it ride? So that's like that's such a good question, and that's a huge misconception I feel like where like bookmaking is is very rarely are they trying to get even action. I, I mean, over time, I think that that's like a lot of games they just try to you know have have roughly you know even and take their big. But really, like the the bookmakers and like who the directors and the, the executive directors and the people that make these decisions, they, they're. In a sense, like they're they're, I mean, they're taking positions, right? Like they're essentially betting. Um, you know, they're trying to book games where they think they have an edge um, to need a certain side bigger than the other side. Uh, the reason that they don't go broke is because they're doing this over the course of time at plus one ten. So even if they get one wrong, and even if they have to pay out on one. Um, their info is is better than the general public's info, and they, but but make no mistake about it. Like there, there is a, a level of, of gamble on the bookmakers' part as well. Uh, it's just that they're taking positions in certain spots, but they 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 
there, there could be ulterior, like, alternate motives. Like, for example, sometimes, you know, who knows what the need is here in the futures market, right? Like, and every book is a, a little bit different. Uh, but now in the, in the age of mobile betting, uh, most books get bet to the same number pretty quickly just because, like, you've got groups out there that'll hunt, like, rogue numbers and, and hit them. So it's not like it was 20 years ago where you could go to Las Vegas and, and you might get a, a, a much different number at South Point than you would if you went down the street to a different shop. Uh, a lot of these places get bet to the same number, and that, that has everything to do with the apps and being able to bet from your phone. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's they, they are very rarely are you just going to see a 50-50 split on a game. And, and typically, you know, the, the books are going to know what their needs are. They're going to they're going to try to, to generate a need in certain places with the, you know, they're, they're just trying to create a long-term profit for the book the same way a, a better would be trying to, to create a long-term profit. But at the end of the day, it's much easier for the book to do because they get plus 110 against you. And that's, you know, there's a, that's the saying, right? Like the, the thing, it was built on 11 verse 10 or something like that. Yeah, you know, built on the bit. really hard, really, really hard to beat. You having to lay 11. Josh is the house. Adam's the better. I have to lay 11. Josh only has to put up 10. It's going to be really, really difficult to beat Josh long term. And yeah. that, that's sports betting in a nutshell. Yeah, our, our us hardcore East Rome, East Dominic Street folks, we just <laughs> call it the Vig, baby. We just call it the Vig. I love it. All right, Steve, most important part of the podcast. What do you have for Adam? What do you what what moronic, ridiculous question do you have for Adam to take him off his game for a minute? No sports betting. What do you got? Uh, I got two questions. The first one, uh, Adam. My uh, my girlfriend Kelly is here right now, and uh, you know, uh, we just moved in together, and it's only been three months. Do you think that's too fast? Um, no. <laughs> and I'll, the, the reason I'll say no is because I I moved in with my current fiance quicker than that, and it's, it's still still working out. So I think it, I don't think it's too bad. I think it's case by case basis. Boom. Thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the second question. Um, you know, we had a lovely, lovely dinner on New Year's Eve, and there were some expectations because I brought her parents and her aunt and her sister. Um, you know, they, they kind of thought that I was going to pop the, the question and propose. Um, since you've been in that boat before, do you think four months is too soon for an engagement? <laughs> oh my God. I, I think, what? honestly, I think it's like... I don't know if I'm, I'm copping out here, but I think you it's are copping out. I want I an answer. Case case. Uh, no, because again, it's just it's a case by case basis. For now, here's like the example I'll use. Like if you were, it really depends, right? Like if you were, um, if you were on a real, let's say you were on a reality TV show together, I love and you those. lived in the same house for same day for like sixty straight days. Like your timetable is going to be probably accelerated to from someone that like. You know, you hang out once a, a week for like two, three months. So I think again, case by case basis. I just hope because you said that you're not watching because she likes to watch this show and it's awful. Ninety Day Fiance. I hope you don't watch that. You, that's not what you're saying, right? 
it's not, but I watch, I've watched it with my uh, with my fiance before. And, uh, oh God! I, I'm, I'm familiar with the show. Yeah, I, I wish. don't really go out of my way to watch it, but I'm, I'm familiar. With the show. I, I, I wish I wasn't. I wish I wasn't. <laughs> See, look at that. He didn't. He didn't straddle fence. He said, you know, it, it, the first thing he said, Steve, and I love that he said that, Adam. Well done, you. He said, you know, those are matters of the heart, and you take them on a case by case basis. There's no handbook for this, you know. No. A, you know, it, it, it's all very individual, and Adam has it spot on. And I, I've noticed Adam seems to be a, a pretty logically sound guy. A lot of equity coming from that phone right there right but now. They, and they, I feel they're like, numbers, guys. They're right. sports betters. It's all about the numbers, and yeah. the numbers are in my favor. But sometimes in life, like Seiko talked earlier, we don't always bet with our brain or our head. Sometimes we bet with our heart. Right, 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 right. See what I did there? Right. Really, now, really tied it all up. I feel like now, Adam. You know, Josh and I have only known each other a couple months, and you know, we're thinking about going steady and being exclusive. What do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, if you're listen, if you're if you're talking about doing the podcast, I think I, I think you guys do a great job together. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. All right. Nice. Well, we survived our first guest on here. That was that was interesting. Just barely. Adam is fairly mortified, and that's okay. Can we rank something? No, I appreciate something. Uh, wants a quick ranking. What do you got? I was going to say I appreciate you guys having me. I don't get to do a ton of um, this. Like I, you know, most of almost all the media I do, it's like I come on. uh, You know, I I have to go break down a game. I have a, a segment. A lot of it is live. Sure. Um, and it's just in and out, and and so this was fun. I I, I enjoyed chatting with you guys in, in sort of long form. It was uh, it's something different for me, and it was uh, it was I enjoyed it. Cool, nice, Adam. Thanks. That was awesome. It's good to good to reconnect. It's been uh, many moons since I've chatted, but um, Seiko, you are just dying for a quick I'm ranking. This what 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 is it that you want to rank? You can Drinks. Favorite drinks like the adult beverages? No, like regular drinks, not alcohol. Okay, so Seiko being twelve, we're already he's already a strong handicap. We should probably get off of that quickly. Give me your top three drinks, Seiko. Adam, Adam Seiko's an amazing bartender, by the way. Just so you know. Uh, uh, and if anyone from the state liquor authority is listening, clearly he only pours non-alcoholic beverages. Correct. Seiko, give me, give me your top top three quickly. <sighs> quickly. Well, Obviously,あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの
Yeah, and that's probably a good thing because the more you might know about green tea, you should probably know something about something else. But I think maybe if you remember, Steve, a couple podcasts back, we realized it was really just an antioxidant and you had your words confused. <laughs> and that maybe it's not an aphrodisiac, maybe it's just an antioxidant. Adam, do you know the difference between an antioxidant and an aphrodisiac? <laughs> You do know. Okay. So that makes him just a bit of a stronger podcast. Maybe not a podcast host, but a stronger podcaster than Steve, because Steve gets those two confused, and they're wildly different. And I hope, as long as Kelly knows the difference between those two, you guys should be fine. Dad, what's your top three uh, drinks? Oh my God, are you really doing this? I'm really doing this. Are we doing adult beverages or nothing? You don't drink adult beverages. I don't really drink. Any drink. Uh, Buy coconut water, number one for me. The Peach Mango Body Armor Light, two, and three, I'll stick with Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. You like Shirley Temple. I do. Adam, I know you've been on a lot of media, but can you at least admit that I'm probably the best podcast host in the universe, right? Absolutely. There you go. All right. Well... We, uh, we're going to wrap this one up, and uh, I have a very unique close. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it makes a lot of sense, and Seiko's going to help me with it. All right. Adam, but, but this will be the last. This is our last line, and then we're out. So uh, let's, yeah. let's just say a thanks to Adam, Adam. And, a, and a goodbye. And anytime you want to jump on or if you need some uh, great picks from Seiko, because clearly he's better than Steve and I, so if you ever need any help, just give us a buzz. We can get Seiko on there with you, okay? Yes, yes, Adam Trigger Wager Talk. Thank you so much. The best sports betting picks online, daily predictions. Follow on Twitter, Top Flight, at Top Flight SI. Seiko? Yeah, ready? Adam, just so you know, remember, when, when life, life gives, gives you lemons, lemons don't, don't make lemonade. lemonade. Take, Take two oranges and throw them back at life.